Welcome to the French Library Lounge. I'm your host, Vicky Walbarn, and I'm joining you from the French headquarters in Aarhus, Denmark. Here on the French Library Lounge, we have insightful conversations with library professionals from around the world, where they will share their thoughts on topics that are important and impactful to the library community. We hope you enjoy the episode, so let's get to it. Princh Library Lounge is brought to you by Princh, the preferred printing solution in Scandinavia. Princh is a user-friendly printing solution made for libraries with libraries. Check out Princh.com for more details. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us for episode 5 of the Princh Library Lounge. I am your host, Mark Lapointe. Today on the Prince Library Lounge, I'll be discussing digital development and libraries with our guests Pamela Tuckla and Lindsay Henderson. Thanks again to you both for joining the Prince Library Lounge today. And before we begin discussing digital development, can we start by having you both introduce yourselves for our listeners? Um, Pamela, would you like to start? Yeah. Um, my name is Pamela Tuckla, and I'm Chief Executive of the Scottish Library and Information Council, which is affectionately known as SLIC. SLIC was established in 1991 to be the independent advisory body to the Scottish Parliament in all things libraries. I've been in the current role for three and a half years and have an extensive background working in libraries, mainly public libraries, and have held senior management positions both in Glasgow and in the libraries in Scotland. SLIC was involved in developing Scotland's first public library strategy, Ambition and Opportunity, which has been reimagined a this year and has uh, reinvigorated the public library offer in Scotland. Awesome, thank you. And, and Lindsay, what about yourself? Hi, I'm Lindsay Henderson. I'm Head of Programme at SLIC. Um, our current programmes include turning underused public library spaces into co-working hubs and supporting libraries to ensure that every child is a library member. Before joining SLIC, I've held various posts in public libraries in South East Scotland, most recently developing strategies for digital and physical resource use. Thank you both for the intros. Um, And now just to jump into our discussion, I think in any discussion regarding digital development, digital literacy will be brought up. So to start, can you speak on the importance of digital literacy for people today? Well, I think it it goes without saying that um, now in 2019, we live in a world which is increasingly becoming digital by default. So for for people to be able to navigate that world, digital literacy is absolutely essential. And I think what we're seeing, sadly, is that we have um, you know, a, a very digital savvy uh, part of the population, but equally we have people who are uh, becoming ever increasingly excluded uh, through the kind of uh, digital developments that we've experienced over the last five, ten years. Um, so, you know, it really is important that, that we libraries help people um, navigate the, di- the digital world and feel confident in it. Um, and, and that takes many shapes and forms. I don't know, Lindsay, if you want to add anything to that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it plays such a major part in sort of every every section of people's lives. So not only does it affect their employment, but it affects how they can get the best deals in, in terms of finance. So, you know, if people are looking to change their utilities, they need to be able to do that online now. Um, so I think as well as it giving you opportunities and, and the leisure and fun that it brings it also means that you're incredibly digitally um, financially excluded sorry if you if you're not digitally literate now and to ensure that people have got access to properly fulfilled lives that they need to be digitally literate i i think that that's exactly right off of that i guess just transitioning to a question that's commonly followed up by that is 
what barriers or, or what common barriers are you seeing to prevent people from getting digital skills or, or ha- getting digital literacy or becoming d- digitally literate? Um, Pamela, would you like to start on that one? Yeah, I think there's there's a range of barriers. Um, I think, you know, fundamentally, um, sadly, we do still have large sections of the population who are not confidently literate people, you know, with basic literacy. Um, so obviously, if you if you if you don't have those those underpinning um literacy levels, then you're going to really struggle in a digital world, which obviously is built on having basic literacy. So I think I think being a confident literary person is a literate person is one of the, the, the first um barriers. Um but I think to just um you know there's um I, I suppose you know, you have to be in a, a certain economic group to be able to access the digital world. You know, we still have large parts of the population here in Scotland um, where there is, you know, limited broadband access. So, um, you know, for, for rural parts of the country, actually having the opportunity to participate in the digital world can still be quite a challenge. Um, so, you know, and, and once you've overcome those challenges, you then need to understand how the digital world works. Um, and you need to be able to to navigate it effectively and safely. Um, and for for a lot of people, um, they they you know they might have all the devices, but they still don't actually have the skills that um you know makes it safe for them to to navigate um the, the digital world. And we know, for example, a lot of young people um have got all the devices and you would naturally assume that they are digitally literate. But we know when, um, you know, from speaking to colleagues that work in university libraries, that a lot of um, young people starting out in their academic careers don't yet have those basic information literacy skills, which will will see them through um, their their, um, studies. And, you know, that is a real concern because increasingly in the academic world, um, all the kind of research materials that are available online, so young people need to be able to access those um, in a in a, a confident way um, to actually complete their studies, and you know then you go beyond that into the the world of employment, and again people need to be able to understand um, what they're 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 doing digitally um, to to make sure that the way they represent their employer is a, a safe, you know, it's in a, a safe and secure way. So um, I think employers now increasingly are looking at tools like Cyber Essentials and, and wanting to put their, their teams through that kind of process um, to ensure that um, their, their own staff are confident in the digital world. So we've, we've almost gone beyond actually being able to work um digital equipment such as laptops, tablets, mobile phones, and actually looking more now at the, the the content and how people access it and how they know what they're accessing is bona fide and how they present themselves digitally as safe. And, and Lindsay, what are your thoughts on that? I just I think a lot of people now feel they've potentially missed the boat that if they don't have digital skills now they should have them already and they're perhaps feeling quite underconfident and quite embarrassed by their lack of skills so it's a lot more difficult for them to present themselves to those who can help them to to gain the skills that they need Um, I think that's certainly a role that that libraries have to play that if people are going to feel underconfident the place that they might potentially come is to a library so um, 
I suppose that's that's a role that we have to play. I think libraries do provide that trusted, safe space. You know, they've always been the place that that people feel confident asking the question that they might not be confident asking in a different environment. And obviously, a number of libraries um, are putting on classes to support people and um, you know improve their digital skills, and um, but also doing things in a perhaps less um, formal way and um, having drop-in sessions, maker spaces. Um, we're, we're seeing, you know, a lot of, of activity um, taking place in a more um, fun-orientated way that actually is helping build people's confidence to use and access um, the world in a digital environment. Yeah, I mean, I think there's been some really interesting research carried out recently by uh, the Carnegie UK Trust, where around 70% of um, Scottish people were seen to find libraries as being a place that was kind. And I think in, in terms of the digital literacy skills gap, that's really important that people can access a place where they feel they're going to be treated with kindness to address some of these issues that they feel um, are, are quite sensitive, perhaps. I think the libraries play a, a very big uh, role uh, in the digital development. And I think we can dive into that a little bit more in a second. But, you know, first, um, I just wanted to highlight some of the points there is, you know, I think... Th- uh, Pamela, you were saying one of the assumptions is that the younger generation um, does have it all figured out in regards to digital development. So I, I think the point you brought up is one that we should echo a bit. Um, that it's not that's not a blanket statement. That's not all young people. That there is um, a gap there, and that some people do need um, you know that extra training or help, and and that's where libraries can come in. So I mean. You both kind of touched on the importance or the role the library is playing, but I was wondering if, um, you know, we can kind of just talk about it a bit more and, and for both of you, what your thought is on what the role the library plays uh, specifically into digital development. I mean, I think, I think libraries, um, you know, have always been that trusted safe space. And I think, you know, we're, we're really, really fortunate, certainly here in Scotland and in the UK, that the government has invested in the, um, digital infrastructure through the library network and we've seen a number of um, really um, the groundbreaking projects happen in libraries certainly in Scotland um, over you know, the last four or five years on the back of the national strategy which I, I, I touched on earlier um, you know, so we're seeing things like 3D uh, printers roll out to all public library services and you know I've been blown away by the creative way that library staff have used the 3D printers um, to engage the public with um, new technology and, and what it means for them and how they can use it. And similarly, um, we rolled out code clubs um, across libraries in Scotland to encourage children and young people to get into coding. And the demand for that has been phenomenal. Um, so not only have the library staff uh, risen to the challenge of being able to um, help the public learn to code, um, but, you know, children and young people have really seen the library as that go-to place. Um, and I'll let Lindsay speak about some of the other projects that, that she's been leading on, um, which are, are helping um, people with their, their digital needs. But I think for me, one of the, the real projects that, that um, we rolled out probably three, four years ago now um, was looking at training on new technologies for library staff. And this was really so that the public could bring in their own devices and ask library staff for help. And I think that's been, you know, a real um, a real boon for, for, for people at a local level because, as you know, if you get a new piece of kit and you're playing about with it and you're not quite sure how it works, 
you know, it's great having a manual, but it's much, much easier and much, much more helpful and reassuring if you get somebody you can ask, you know, how do I do this with it? How do I do that with it? Um, and I think libraries have really um, risen to the challenge here. And we've, we've seen some library services in Scotland actually recruit uh, digital volunteers to have that kind of peer um, support for members of the public who are looking to build their confidence with their, their own digital devices. But Lindsay, I'll hand over to you to chat a bit more about uh, some of the bespoke programmes that have been uh, delivered through the libraries. Yeah, I mean, I think the the library offer is kind of on a continuum from the very basic skills up to actually developing a, a sort of digitally mature nation. Um, one of the most important things that we provide is, I mean, there's, there's blanket Wi-Fi coverage now across Scotland, 100% of libraries give uh, free access to Wi-Fi. And I think that's certainly really important for for those that are on on lower incomes and those that are struggling with digital, it's a place that they can come where they don't have to um, pay anything financially to start their journey and get a bit of experience. And I think that's been really important in terms of the bring your own device. I mean, we can support people to come into libraries and use the computers that are in front of them, but they quite often find it really difficult to transfer those skills onto different devices. So at the most the most basic provision, it would be supporting people to use use their own devices and use it in a, a safe environment where they can ask questions and, and staff will do their very best to answer them for them to, to raise their confidence. Um, and then it, as Pamela's kind of touched upon, it goes right through that continuum from the, the coding and the, the teaching children's skills are going to require for the future. I mean, we know that there's going to be a significant skills gap. Um, it's it's here already and it's only going to grow bigger as time goes on. So um, we know that we're going to require about 13,000 people every year in the workforce 13,000 people year on year from now um, to support the digital economy and we're, we're well um, short on those numbers already and it's only going to get shorter if we don't start to bridge that gap and, and we know that extracurricular coding um, is such an important factor in encouraging uh, young people especially females into STEM subjects and we're going to require them to keep our, um, our digital economy going so and that's a really important area for support at the moment. Um, and as Pamela said, around the, the experimental nature, I mean, we've, we've trained staff right across Scotland to um, deliver 3D printing projects, um, which was kind of the first emerging technology that, that um, Slick and Scottish Libraries got involved in as a, as a national project. And, and we're now looking to do the same around virtual reality and allowing people to have experiences of virtual reality within libraries, whether that is through um, national programmes or whether that's supporting libraries through funding. Um, to develop their own virtual reality projects um, and then right at the um, at the other side we've been taking some underused spaces in Scottish libraries and turning them into co-working hubs which is a, a project that's been funded by the Scottish government and this is to help and encourage businesses to become digitally mature um, so where we've got people coming in to use our wi-fi and use their most basic devices we're also starting to offer that support um, at the, the complete opposite end of the scale where people are very much digitally literate and um, they're in a position where they've been able to launch their own businesses and um, we're giving them space to work and to collaborate and and supporting them through um, employability support and, and networking support um, with the mission that those businesses will become digitally mature within libraries and within underused spaces so um, I think libraries have got such a major role to play in digital skills development right across the board um, and 
by ensuring that staff are confident digitally, that really plays into ensuring that we have a, a really a well-rounded and robust offer so that it, it offers something digitally for people that are at all different um, levels of digital skills. That's dead on. And I think you guys went into a couple points um, about uh, SLIC or Scottish Library and Information Council um, that I think our listeners um, would like to know more about. So I think with that, can we transition and, and maybe have you guys speak on a little bit um, of what Slick is and what the goal is and, and how you've helped with um, digital development in libraries. I know, Lindsay, you just touched on a couple points, um, but I think when our listeners um, hear this, they're going to want to know a little bit more about uh, Slick and, and what they do. So uh, with that, I think maybe we can dive into a little bit about what Slick uh, is. Yes, yeah, certainly. Um, as I mentioned, Scottish Library Information Council, affectionately known as Slick, is the independent advisory body to um, the Scottish Government and all library and information-related matters. But we're also a membership organisation, so um, most of all public library services, certainly, all the university libraries and um, a number of other APU-held uh, prison libraries, school libraries, etc., are, are members of SLIC. Um, so we, we cover a, a, you know, a more or less a universal library over in Scotland and we advocate on that basis. Um, our mission statement and what underpins everything that we do is enriching lives through libraries. So for people who have come across us, they will have seen that strap line um, on these um, bits of literature that we produce. Um, we also lead on the uh, implementation of Scotland's public library strategy and of a uh, Scotland's school library strategy. So these are both national uh, strategies that have been endorsed by the Scottish Government and the Convention of uh, Scottish Local Authorities, Scotland, uh, COSLA, um, who, um, are, whose members are responsible for directly delivering uh, public and school library services. Um, so what we as an organisation look for are obviously opportunities for our members. We are speaking to the Scottish Government about um, you know, a number of initiatives that we feel would um, further the cause, if you like, of the public library offer in Scotland and school library offer in Scotland and obviously you know information literacy and digital literacy and increasingly meta literacies as we call them traditional literacy digital literacy information literacy media literacy health literacy and so on you know underpin every type of, of library offer that there is and you know we want to support library users and the you know the public in general with being able to access um, those those services um, in their, their fullest sense, you know, to really enrich their own, their own experience. So we very much are about enriching lives through libraries. Um, Lindsay, I don't know if you want to add any more to that about SLIC and what we might do. Um, we work in partnership, I don't know, Lindsay, if you maybe want to talk about the virtual reality project that we worked in partnership with the BBC about. Yes, I mean, in, in terms of... Um how we are working to improve the digital skills and digital literacy. I mean, obviously that's a task that we can't do on our own. Um, so a lot of the work that we do is kind of linking um, library services and partner organisations together so that um, we are almost a conduit to allow these amazing programmes to, to be delivered through public libraries. So um, we recently partnered with uh, the BBC to run some virtual reality um, roadshows in libraries across Scotland. I think in total we visited 10 local authorities 
Um, a big focus for us was to ensure that there was um, equitable coverage across Scotland so that you weren't only getting to experience of EBC programme if you were based in a big city in the central belt. So um, there was a lot of work done to ensure that, that the virtual reality project was taken out um, to rural communities and made it um, sort of past Dundee in Scotland and up to up to the Highlands. Um, so this project was around uh, three main streams of uh, content designed by the BBC. Um, the first one being around the Congo, uh, there was also a programme around Doctor Who, and then there was a programme around the Berlin Blitz, and it was up to give members of the public the chance to experience amazing quality virtual reality, probably on the quality they've never experienced anywhere else before. Um, the BBC provided the headsets and the content, um, all wireless headsets, so again, something we've not really had an opportunity to showcase in Scotland before now, um, and the library was able to design programmes and advertise the events, and have people in to um, experience virtual reality in, in their local library. And that was also really important to us. Again, as much as it wasn't just in the big cities, it also wasn't just in the sort of flagship branch in each area, that it was out in, in your local library. So you could have um, a really a top quality BBC experience, but in your own town. Um, and the feedback from that has been absolutely incredible. And I think that just shows again the role that libraries have to play. Um, people see libraries as a place where you're going to come to have a quality experience um, and be able to experience something a bit different, probably something that you couldn't afford to do in your own home or afford to pay for, um, yet you're still getting the, the uh, opportunity to experience that really exciting new and emerging technology and feel like you're part of that, that journey. Um, so that has been a really successful project and I think it's definitely shown us there's an appetite for libraries to be um, an avenue where you can explore emerging technology and, and virtual reality is definitely an area that we want to continue developing. I think as well, you know, um, as well as, um, you know, I suppose uh, nudging the envelope at the, the kind of the developments in, in technology and allowing the public to experience them, we can also see the library offer supporting people on a very practical level. And if I take one example, you know, I was talking there about metal literacies and health literacy and so on. Um, we work in partnership with um, the NHS in Scotland and the Alliance, which is a third sector organisation and a range of, of, of charities as well to support people with their health literacy needs. And one of the very practical examples of the, the digital offering libraries assisting people is around um, supporting people with dementia. And um, there's a charity in Scotland called Play Playlist for Life, which actually um, creates a playlist um, for an, an individual um, of, of music that, that means a lot to them and can actually demonstrate that um, people who listen to music that, that mean a lot to them, it, it makes them, them calmer if they're um, suffering from dementia. So libraries have been able to help through their digital streaming service for music. They've been able to help members of the public create, so I suppose carers rather than people themselves suffering from dementia, and um, create playlists for individuals, and um, you know, really at no cost, and take them away um, from the library to use as they wish. You know, and again, that streaming of music is something that people are perhaps not confident to do, even if they do have Wi-Fi access at home. But in that environment in the library, where the staff can support individuals, and um, they're able to build their individual playlists and and use them. And I think for me, it's that kind of practical thing that makes a real difference to to people's lives. Is is really what we're we're um, you know, wanting libraries to be in a position to support. Um, in addition to you know the the more creative and um, perhaps you know cutting edge offer 
that libraries are in a position to uh, provide as well. It really sh- uh, shows and, and sounds that uh, Slick is doing a great job um, helping libraries, but then also the users, the library visitors. Examples you guys gave, you're seeing the visitors finding out new ways that maybe they never would have known unless they visited the library. And kind of in conclusion, too, I just wanted to highlight that the libraries are always seen as a place um, to learn. But I think that the the underlying narrative that needs to kind of be brought up a bit more is that these are these tech hubs because they are the safe places so that you can learn. And it doesn't matter if it's, you know, something, quote unquote, basic um, in regards to, you know, working your smartphone um, or tablet or if it's something maybe more advanced like coding, that all these areas, there's some, some something that you can learn and you can go to the library to learn that. So I think that's very important. Um, and I'm glad that glad to hear that the, you know, Slick is helping develop these programs and it's also f- helping training the staff there as well. Um, so it's it's kind of bridging the gap in, in all areas. So that's, so that's really uh, good to hear. And I guess in closing for you guys, um, is there any final thoughts that you guys would like to share on uh, digital uh, development and libraries, as well as if any of our listeners um, wanted to reach out to continue the conversation with you, um, where where could they reach uh, reach out to you? I think um, in terms of the the kind of final thoughts, I think one of the, the most important things that we've done in terms of digital development and off the back of the national strategy was set up a, a digital champions group. So. Um, now every one of the 32 local authorities is represented by um, a digital champion. Uh, we meet four times a year. It's facilitated by Slick, and we um, <clears throat> do a number of things from um, inviting guest speakers to show them uh, new ideas, new ways of delivering digital um, and new technology. And we also provide it as a forum for um, sharing best practice and letting people talk to each other and and get advice from each other and knowing that when they have a a problem with digital in their service that they've got um, a network of people that they know that they can contact and I think that has uh, played a major part in how far we've come in terms of developing a digital offer in Scotland and so much so that we're now from what Pamela touched upon earlier around um, training in new technologies, we're now on to um, phase two, if you like, of training in new technologies. We understand that um, technology is moving so fast and that initial training program is, is quite dated now and um, having training just in, in individual devices is no longer um, meeting the requirements of staff. And that if we want to continue on this journey, uh, being a, a force for um, digital development in Scotland, then we need to ensure that staff are, are trained accordingly and that they feel confident um, in, in digital development and, and giving advice to the public on, on any digital issues that they may have. Um, and the success of the Digital Champions Group um, has led to us appointing a project, um, project manager, project officer, who will work very closely with all 32 local authorities um, and they will do sort of train the trainer training so that um, all the digital development that, that is developed as part of this programme um, will come from in-house advice, if you like, and, and um, in-house comments and um, all the, the programme that's developed will go back through the digital champions so that we ensure that it's completely relevant for the staff that are out working on the ground um, and that it's meeting their needs. And I think um, hopefully given the design and the success of Digital Champions, this will take digital forward even further. And um, it means that all the digital development we do in future um, will be done with the staff in mind and, and with the advice of the staff on the ground. So I think uh, in terms of closing, 
ideas for me that that is one of the most important factors in, in taking us forward um in terms of people want to get in contact um pamela just just through our standard email addresses or yeah yeah or, yeah, or, or like you know, twitter handles yeah i i um, echo absolutely everything lindsay said but i think you know um we, we talk about digital um, as being um, you know something we're obviously focusing on but I think you know we see it as core absolutely core to what we do it's not something different and I suppose it kind of um, cuts across absolutely all library offers now and um, so you know it, it's probably more important now than ever that we're um, you know, putting a lot of focus on staff training and um, to make sure that staff are um, you know, ahead of the curve if you, if you like and Mark, I'm still absolutely loving the term libraries as tech hubs. So I, I think we might hold that. Um, <laughs> we might well hold that. Um, you know, but they are safe spaces to learn. And I think that's, you know, that is a key message you need to get across, you know, regardless of, of context. Um, so yeah, um, I, I presume, Mark, you've got our standard email addresses. Do you want us to read them out? Uh, no, it's good. Uh, what, what I'll do is I'll, I'll share the slick Twitter handle and email address with, with the recording so our, our uh, listeners can get it. So don't worry about that. Right, okay. But yes, thank you both uh, very, very much uh, for sharing your insights, um, both on digital development and also what Slick is doing. I hope this inspires our listeners to you know bring some of these ideas and, and some of the points we've talked about in the discussion to their local library um, to help, help grow uh, what we can do, both in digital development, um, digital literacy, um, but as well as just working that working relationship with libraries and, and their users. So... Again, thank you very much, Lindsay. Thank you very much, Pamela. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to the Prince Library Lounge. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to subscribe and spread the word to other library professionals. If you want to learn more about today's episode, check out the Prince Library Lounge website at prince.com slash podcast. We will be back next month with the next episode and until then, happy librarian!